Nosy Nancy's is a true crime podcast that deals with real life situations. If you are sensitive to any of the trigger words, this is not the podcast for you. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, all you nosies. I'm Aliqua. And I'm Jasmine, and welcome to Nosy Nancy's episode six. Six. Sixes for the. Six for the beast. Sixes for the witches. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) We're gonna get. We're gonna get canceled by all the Christians. Satan. You know, speaking of canceled, I did notice that we lost a Spotify follower. (laughs) So (laughs) I do. I need to, okay, I need to apologize. Um, Sometimes I say things that are insensitive. Yeah. And I believe that I know who we lost. (laughs) And I think she may still listen just to see if I'm going to acknowledge the fact that I upset her. (laughs) (laughs) And who was was that? Courtney. (laughs) I would like to sincerely apologize for referring to Dame Angela Lansbury <laughs> as Ange oh. in the last episode. I did yeah. not realize that there were going to be some Angela Fansberries. Is that what they call themselves? Oh my God, that's brilliant. <laughs> Angela Fansberries. Courtney, I just didn't realize how diehard of a Fansberry you were, so... I hope I hope you're okay. I'm sincerely sorry. Literally, I walked in that next day after she listened to it and she goes, she slammed down whatever she was had in her hand. It was probably, you know, a, a diary because she's precious <laughs> like that. And she Aww. goes, she goes, I listened to your most recent episode, and yes, it was good, but let me tell you. I am livid. And I was like, what? Jeez, God, what is wrong? What what's happening now? You know, because it's always something. She's worse than me. And she goes, <laughs> You tell Jasmine that nobody, I mean nobody, calls Dame Angela Lansbury Ange. And the, <laughs> like the the soul left her body when she said the word Ange. And, like, I literally shrank for you. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> this tiny little person's going to go on a, a rampage against my co-host. <laughs> Who do I save? <laughs> <laughs> She's intense, well, that Courtney. I know. Courtney, I'm, I sincerely apologize. And you know what, Angela Lansbury, I, I apologize to you, uh, even though you're in the grave. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't care. Like, yeah. She's like I over. Mean, but, you know, it's principle of the thing. If she were alive, I would, I would write her a letter of apology. Very good woman. Yeah, she was. She, she was a, she was a, a queen among men. I'll tell you that. That's true. Yeah, for sure. Her, her and Betty White, because Betty White, man, she was. Oh, Betty White. I know. I know. And B. Arthur. B. Arthur is like. B. Arthur's my bitch. I, I love know. her. I know. She was your, she was your idol. Mm-hmm. Let, I do want to talk about real quick, though, is, okay, on Sunday, what are you doing? Huh? What are you doing? What's that background noise? What are you doing? You playing maracas? What background I hear maracas. What are you talking about? <laughs> like maracas. There's like shaking. Are you shaking something? Oh, no. It's probably just my headphones bouncing up against my titties. Girl, you better, get, you better get those titties under control. I'll hold it. I'll hold it next to my mouth. 
Are you my... still hearing maracas? No, it's better now. That's what I okay. have to do because my Definitely. my luscious bosom. I know we're so voluptuous. Oh god, we're just <laughs> goddesses, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I hope people don't take us seriously when we talk about stuff like that because, like, we are clearly making fun of ourselves, okay? Yeah. Just don't worry about it. (laughs) Um, So, on Sunday night, after after we had, like, after I got done editing, um, and there was another body found in Shoal Creek. Yes. Yeah. It's still being investigated. I haven't seen anything else. No. What we do know so far, though, is we do know that it was somebody in their 20s. Um, and the poli- the Austin Police Department won't disclose if what the gender was. But I'm going to bet my left tit that it was male. I bet. I'll bet my right titty on that one. The fact that they haven't disclosed the gender is a big red flag that it, because they know that it's going to stir up a lot of yeah, exactly frenzy. Um, but yeah, so that's we. I think we'll we'll keep people updated if you know, like next week if if, if they anything. release any more information. Yeah, correct. Yeah, they do think it's of course <laughs> they do think there's no foul foul play involved. But that's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's just another day. All right. For awesome police department. Um, Good job. APD. Yeah. <laughs> how was, uh, how was your week? Oh my God. My week was so amazing. Ooh, what'd y'all do? Ooh. Um, so I went and, um, I went to Todd's this, previous weekend yeah right and I got to meet his like group of friends and they were all so nice and and so sweet I had a really good time I get nervous like meeting new people anyways but especially like people who are important to Todd I'm like fuck like I get so nervous my anxiety is like skyrocketing yeah because you want to make a good impression Yeah. And I know like whenever I first meet new people, I'm so fucking stiff and I know it. And I'm like, bitch, just get yourself together. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so fucking stiff. And it takes me a while to like get acclimated to the situation. So, but they all were so, so nice. And I met his family actually this weekend. They're all so sweet. So it's been a very good week for me. Oh, that's good. That's sweet. What about for you? Okay. So the weirdest thing happened to me. Listen. So right now I'm currently hosting the next revolution in my uterus. Okay. So I'm like. Are you pregnant? No, I'm just on my period. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like it's like World War Three down there. You know what I mean? <laughs> and but so like I'm like extremely lazy when I'm like on my period. You know, like I'm so I just don't have any energy. So I'm like, yeah, sucks. I'm, so on Thursday I'm at home and I'm like, oh, I should I should order some food because I don't want to get out. Also, by the way, it's like a million degrees outside here. I'm not really equipped to walk into Dante's Inferno right now. You know what I mean? Right. So I order this food and and I know it's going to take a while to get there. And then so I'm like waiting and I'm like fucking around on Facebook or whatever and laying in my bed dying basically and I get this phone call and it says unavailable and I'm thinking, okay, it's, it must be like my door to Ash guy who probably just doesn't want, you know, anybody knowing his number. <clears throat> right. <laughs> so I answer the phone and they go, Hey, I'm going to be there in 10 minutes. And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. You know, like, wow. You could just text me that, but all right. And he goes, he goes, you got the stuff. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, 
wait a second. This is DoorDash. You're supposed to bring me the stuff, right? <laughs> and I, and so I go, what stuff? And he goes, you know what stuff. Don't play with me. I'm going to drop it off or I'm going to come to you. You're going to give it to me and you're going to get $5,000. And I was like, hold up. I just ordered what? Some- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hold up. I just ordered some fucking wonton soup, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. So I panic, right? Because that's what you do. That's what I do when I'm... Yeah, I'd be fucking killing myself. (laughs) I know. I'm like, oh, God. So I hang up the phone. Now, I have two dogs, okay? For people who don't know, I have a pit bull named Bro who's nine and is pretty much useless. All he does is lay around and, like... Lick it, bro. I know. All he does is lay around and lick himself, basically. Okay. And then the other one I have is Mance. Yeah, it's Bromance, is what the their names are supposed to be for anybody that doesn't get it. Um, and Mance is a a great Dane Pitbull mix, and he's like my protector, right? He's the protective one. So I was like, fuck. If something's going down, I'm throwing Mance outside because if I have to, if I'm going to get a, like killed, he's going to die with me, you know, like that's what he's made for. <laughs> I love my dogs. I love my dogs. But like, if it's me or them, sorry, <laughs> you know, Mance is going. I'll just clone him later when I become a millionaire. The delivery guy comes and I'm like, shit, get the picture that says, you know, oh, it came. Shove Mance outside and, you know, nobody's there. And Mance is, like, just peeing in the bushes because there's nothing happening. (laughs) And I'm like, what the fuck? What is happening? Like, what was that phone call? Then 20 minutes later, I get a a text message from my friend Nicole, who lives in San Mm -hmm. Diego, and I went to high school with. And she's like, hey, have you been getting weird phone calls lately? Her 12-year-old son fucking pranked me bro are you serious serious. oh my god i was like i was so ready to sacrifice my dog to some crazy guy who's for the stuff yes because he was like it's you know he was like oh it's for it's for the from the colombians and i'm like what colombians like this is crazy (laughs) you know i'm like i don't even know spanish barely what how's this gonna work so you know like all you could hear was them in the car and you could hear because she sent me a video maybe i'll post it maybe i'll post it into the facebook group but oh my god please do okay okay so she she sends me a video and it's like it's what the it's like the recording that he put on there and then all you could hear them in the background is like snickering you know and i'm like you how did this 12 year old fucking punk me so badly it was hilarious Oh my god, that is so fun. Uh, yeah, jo- joke would have been on me because I would have fucking, I would have eaten a fucking bullet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, I almost did. Some twelve-year-old kid. I know. This this boy act like this boy had me acting like it was like Guantanamo Bay out there. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> I was like, I had like war paint on, you know, fucking, I was ready. I was ready. ready. I was ready to sacrifice my dog. (laughs) No, he would have, no, I wouldn't have done it for real, but I kind of knew, like, how would they have known where I lived, you know? But I thought it was just a weird coincidence that they, they had just did that when my fucking delivery guy was coming, you know? Yeah. Perfect time. I would be terrified. Yeah, I know somebody. Perfect. Somebody would have go- been going down, and it probably would have been me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we can't call the cops because we know that they'll never show up. So yeah, that's true. But yeah. anyways, unless you want to be labeled a a fucking accidental drowning, there's yeah. No <laughs> well, there was a bullet in her head, but. I don't know. I think this might be a drowning. This looks like a case of the old accidental drowning. Yeah. Uh, You get hit by a car three times and the APD's like, well, I don't think there's anything suspicious going on around here. Yeah, no foul play here. They probably just tripped and fell onto the pavement 20 times. (laughs) Yeah. That seems right. Let's wrap it up, boys. Let's wrap it up. Case closed. Yeah, move on. So I'm pretty excited about this episode that we have going on because Martin Gutierrez is is your guy this week, right? Martin Gutierrez is my guy. 
they are really campaigning for for things to be done in Austin to keep other people from succumbing to the same fate as Martin and, uh, you know, with the other men, like, yeah. Right. And Mitchell Gutierrez has been doing a lot of podcasts and, and really trying to get out there and spread the word and showing how fucked up like every, I feel like Martin's case. It was the first case that, really kind of especially like i mean i'm not going to go into it now you'll just have to listen but his uh his case really showed how fucked up like the the police and even like just in it like the other people involved like as far as the investigations go are just really kind of fucking everything up for everybody well also he was like as far as i know he's like he's like the first family member to really do their own investigation too. Like, yeah. Yeah. So Martin went missing, um, November 19th. So it was around like the, and he was missing for, for a minute. So it was around like the Thanksgiving holiday. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that they, had very little help people not wanting to give up their family time to help search for the family member of someone else. So they ended up having to do a lot of legwork and investigation on, on the case. Yeah. Yeah. Themselves. He talks a lot about that on the podcast that he's been on. Yeah. So Martin was originally from big Springs, Texas, and he was a graduate of Texas tech university. So another smart cookie. Yeah. Um, after graduating, he moved to Austin where he lived with his brother and his brother's girlfriend. When he went missing, um, he actually was out with Mitchell and his girlfriend um, doing the bar stuff. And they were out with some some other friends. Are, were they at were they on Rainy Street? They were, they were, uh, like a few different places that they, so they they were just having a night on the town. Yeah. They were doing a night, a night on the town. Like they had dinner and then Martin went off with some friends. Got it. So he had dinner with his brother and, and his girlfriend, and then he decided to split up and go with his friends somewhere else. Yes. Yes. So, um, Martin was found floating in the water uh, near the area that he was last seen. They did see surveillance tapes of like the area that he was in. So he was found near that area in Lady Bird Lake um, almost a week after he went missing. Martin's family, friends, the Texas or sorry, Travis County Search and Rescue and Austin Police searched that entire area they searched around rainy street uh zilker park all those surrounding areas and they all were passing out flyers um trying to get martin found right they even um they even offered a ten thousand dollar reward for any like information about what had happened to him I, I heard on a podcast with Mitchell Gutierrez that they also had deployed an aerial search. Yeah. They, do you have that on your notes? Cause I don't want to interrupt you if you do. Oh no, I don't. I wasn't okay. able to find, to find exactly where that was, but I do remember like listening to something where they, they did have an aerial search. Yeah. I did like an infrared, I think. Correct. So they did this like infrared search of, of basically all of Lady Bird Lake from like Rainy Street to like 35, basically, mm-hmm. and a little bit past that. And they didn't see anything. They 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 like told Mitchell multiple times that he was not in, in Lady Bird Lake is what yeah. they had said. Yeah. Um so when Martin was found, of course. APD was like, hey, accidental. No no foul play, no nothing. Right. Um, according to the toxicology reports, Martin was intoxicated, but there were no illicit or prescription drugs found in his system. Um, 
he was five foot eight and he weighed 160 pounds. And according to the chart that I found, right? <laughs> we're basically, listen, like at this point, we're basically like medical examiners. I so. know. Like, go ahead and hire us, Travis County, because you yeah, need help. You do. But according to the chart that I found, um, a man who is five foot eight, 160 pounds, can have about four drinks within an hour to to get drunk. According to Mitchell, too, they would go to the gym like seven days a week. Yeah, they were really like into pumping that iron. Yeah. And they were bit very, very big on the gym. Yeah. They were so, very, very routine people. Gym goers. So you could see like in some of the pictures of Martin Gutierrez, he was he was pretty buff. He was a big buff guy. I mean, yeah. five foot eight's not super tall, but he was he was big. He was girthy, you know. Right. Yeah. He was a strong he was a strong boy. Yeah. Since his family members were mainly the ones having to go out and <laughs> perform the search and stuff for him, they did find out that um he visited the two bars. He visited Luster Pearl and the Alibi. Right. According to his bank records, he had purchased one drink at the Lester Pearl. Lester Pearl is owned by Bridget Dunlap. There she is. That's your that's your nemesis, that's, Jasmine. That's my what what are you doing, Bridget? I wanna know. <laughs> You're up to something. Bridget Dunlap. Um but according to his bank re- records, he purchased one drink. At the Lester Pearl. And then they moved on to Alibi, which is a bar, like, I think it's next door. It is, yeah. It's real close. Um, by the time Mitchell, no. By the time Martin got to Oh, not Mitchell. Alibi, <laughs> yeah. By the time, <laughs> by the time uh, Martin got to the Alibi, they said that he, he was had already been overserved, and the alibi refused to serve him anymore. So, yeah, and Mitchell Mitchell said that, like on the tape from from Lester Pearl to Alibi, he was acting like his gate was all the way off. Yeah. So, whenever they were performing the search, um, they had asked both the Lester Pearl and Alibi for surveillance tapes right. from from the day that he was last seen. The alibi had no issue giving giving the video. Lester mm. Pearl um, was argumentative, and when they did produce the video, it was video for the wrong date. Oh my god! So whenever they went back and said, "Hey, this isn't the this isn't the right date." Lester Pearl was like, oh, well, uh, yeah, don't know what happened to the to the date that you needed, but it doesn't it, we we can't find it. And and basically, like they destroyed. They destroyed the, the day they that, they, that yeah. so, uh, so they so so Lester Pearl <laughs> refused to give Mitchell Gutierrez physical like physical evidence. Yes. Of, of his brother's disappearance. And then when they finally did. Because I think it took like a week. It took like a week. Yeah, it was to... like a week for them to, they were waiting for Lester Pearl to get their shit together. And then it was the wrong date. And they completely destroyed, they taped over the original, the the evidence that, that had Mitchell on the date that they needed. That is yeah. insane to me. Why yeah. would they not? So to me, that sounds like they were covering their ass, basically. No, that's what I think, too, honest, quite honestly, because um, and this is where, uh, like, whenever we get into Jason John, we'll hear this, too. This is where every, like, the businesses just have the cameras out, but it's, like, just for fun. It's, like, for decorations, because this right. shit doesn't even work. Right. So... The surveillance footage, when you're trying to gather the information, it's like one building will have working surveillance that covers a certain area. 
And then all the surrounding buildings don't cover shit. Like, or, or the shit's like just off. Do they, and, that's so, that's so funny to me because, you know, I work at a bead store for two days of the week and, you know, I've been there for, that's how I met you was, was we worked next to each other. Yeah. Uh, back in 2008. But, you know, Greg has, you know, we don't have a big budget. It's a, it's a family owned uh-huh. business. He doesn't make nearly as much as I would assume any of these bars did at any part of, of in Austin, like, right. Especially on rainy street, like they have got to be making enough money that they could install great security systems, you know? Yeah. And to, for them to not have it is just mind blowing it. And especially the city of Austin, because when, when ACL comes to Austin or like when we have ACL, when we have South by Southwest, that's millions of dollars we make a year off that yeah exactly there is enough money in the budget for them to spend on surveillance in in our city austin is a big fucking place there's a lot of crime that happens in austin well not just Um, that but it can prove that the that the police department is is in the right if these are all accidental drownings that could help prove their case that they are it doesn't make any sense to me it's like it's mind-boggling you know yeah, no, I can compl- I I completely agree. I mean, you you would like to think especially in such a tourist like you would like to th- think that you're safe going especially like this day and age when like there's all these mass shootings and there's all this sh- fucking shit going on. You would like to think that you could go out and at least have like if I die, I'm probably not everybody thinks like this, but like right. if I die, they probably you know, they'll catch the person eventually. You know, there's like we're all being recorded, so what you know. Well, not in Austin, like the cameras are just there like to make you feel safe, but they don't actually work. Sorry. But that's and that's the thing too is like is like they've known that these drownings have ha- have been happening since 2010. You know what I mean? This is yeah. this has been 13 years of this that Austin the, the city of Austin knows that this is happening and they're not doing anything like if I was on the if I if if I was the city of Austin <laughs> if I was the singular city of Austin I would demand yeah i would demand like i'd be i would be putting i'd be throwing up cameras everywhere like especially around the lake if if i knew this wasn't you can always take cameras down you know what i mean yeah i mean i don't know it's like they just they just they don't they don't want this this issue to be resolved because Mm -hmm. in their in their mind there there is no issue i guess i don't know like who are the cameras disturbing nobody kind of am on the fence when it comes to like having cctv cameras everywhere because you know there there is a sense of like privacy right like you i don't want i don't necessarily want everything like recorded that i do but Mm -hmm. at the same time this is the cctvs have have like they've solved so many crimes and 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 have exalted people from you know from from being put in prison falsely you know what i mean and like yeah so I just don't understand why if if the city of Austin are going to throw up cameras in public areas and they're not actually going to be working, then what's the fucking point of doing that? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, oh, we're just joking. Like, kidding. You know, what? Yeah. what? I don't know. It needs something needs to happen. And that's exactly what, you know, that's that's exactly what Jason John's mom and and Julio Santos III's sister, they've been fighting for this, especially Julio Santos III's sister. Like, she's been fighting this since fucking 2014. Yeah, exactly. Like, they need to give, they need to give something up, you yeah. know. They've yeah. got to give, give up something. Yeah. Just put them up. I'm not worried about being, I mean, I think that it can go either way. I think that people do make a big deal about the privacy, but, like, I, I feel like, I mean, you know, you've got like so many different different things surveying your activities, yeah. like your phone and everything like that. Right. And I mean, there are cameras, so I mean, what the fuck do I care? They're just yeah. gonna catch me like talking to myself. So exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, where Martin was found, um, he was found on November twenty sixth, so he went missing on the nineteenth. 
a 911 caller had reported someone um, floating in Lady Bird Lake next to the 1300 block of Riverside Drive, which is close to the Holiday Inn. Yep, there we go. Another Holiday Inn sighting. Yeah. And yet we ask again, what the fuck is happening at the Holiday Inn? The footage that they were able to get showed Martin acting extremely out of character. Um, Mitchell said that he was seen, quote, frolicking, that he was walking um, in a strange way. This is just like with Julio Santos. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, And that he was on his phone, but he just was like scrolling around on it. He wasn't like trying to talk to anybody or anything like that. He was literally just scrolling on Facebook. Yeah. Like he wasn't on. He wasn't on any type of apps or anything. He just Mm -mm. was scrolling around on Facebook. He wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't meeting anybody for a drug deal. Like he wasn't meeting anybody for sex. Like he wasn't. You know, that's that's been theories. It's like, and which make would make sense, right? I mean, why else would somebody just leave leave their friends? But like in in Martin's case, there's proof that he wasn't doing anything out of character, like anything uh underground. He was literally just walking along and scrolling on Facebook. Um, so when I think that the surveillance video that they that showed um, the frolicking was actually like surveillance of him leaving a bar at one fifteen in the morning, and that he was like running down south. Or I, I mean, I'm not sure what he was doing uh, movement wise, but he was making moves to go uh, south down down Rainy Street. So. Right. Um, he uh, had already like said goodbye to his friends, and he was looking looking for a ride home, is what his family members had said. Um, and he was headed towards I thirty five. Right. So so he went south on Rainy Street, and then hooked a left, and went towards I thirty five. Yeah. But the but the last surveillance of him alive was was from the towers at town lake that was the last that was the last surveillance that they got got of him yeah he was walking along um he was heading eastbound walking Mm -hmm. along the the lake's edge towards 35 and that and so the towers on town lake my my cousin used to have a condo there my cousin steve oh yep cousin steve and they're like these tiny little condos before you know, they were like the first set there. Their their video surveillance is like real. <laughs> and that was the last that was the last they the saw. Last one. Well, I'm yeah. glad that you know that because I was not I did not see the towers mentioned anywhere. I only remembered that because Uncle or cousin Steve lived there. So I was like, Oh shit, that's where Steve oh, used to live. Cousin Steve used to live there. Yep. Who probably will never listen to this podcast, but that's okay. Get your ears on. (laughs) (laughs) Cousin Steve. My dad listened to it and he was like, you cuss too much. And I was like, God. (laughs) Nothing nothing I do is ever good enough. (laughs) Dad. (laughs) Fuck. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So the autopsy report showed that well they determined that martin's death was um of course drowning right accidental right um they found that there was a bruise on the lower part of martin's head mm-hmm. but said that there was no skull fracture or brain injuries um but it w- the injury was listed as blunt force trauma of the head yeah and they also noticed that he had bruising on his scalp. Um, blunt force trauma <clears throat> refers to the physical trauma um, that the body receives by way of fall, impact, or attack. And head trauma. So, blunt force trauma 
uh, it's a physical trauma. What? What? That makes, but see, that makes sense to me because he's a big guy, right? He's a buff Mm -hmm. guy. And if you're going to attack somebody who's, who's bigger or who looks stronger than you, you're going to attack them from the back. Right. You're going to hit him over the head. You're going to knock him out. And then that way you can do, you know, you can control them. Also, he was missing for fucking 14 days or seven days. Yeah. Where was he? Yeah, exactly. Where was he for a week? Because the aerial search said that there was nobody in the in Ladybird Lake. And they all searched. They searched the entire the entirety around uh, Rainy Street and nobody saw him. Not one person saw him. It's just like it's just like the earlier cases of of the smiley face murders where they, you know, the smiley face killers where they they take these these men and they hide them for for x amount of days and then they end up in the lake that's that i mean it's it's the same mo every time you know yeah yeah no it's it's the truth i mean cuz the austin guys are missing for like a few days usually martins i mean the only one that we've gotten into who was missing for a week yeah so. yeah he he was missing for the longest so far um, so anyway, back to what I'm talking about, which is the autopsy. <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, they also found it was noted that there was generalized swelling in his brain and chest cavities. So, a cerebral edema, which is the brain swelling, mm. can result from falls. But it can also result from being hit with or crashing into an object, and then the brain kind of swells up due to the trauma. Um, now, the swelling in the chest cavities is kind of interesting because yeah. there is a thing called um, dry drowning or secondary drowning. Um, yes. Dry drowning and secondary drowning. Um, do not happen immediately. They, uh, well, secondary drowning specifically is like if you um, are are swimming and you like inhale. <clears throat> God, it's what's happening. To you. It's what's happening to you right now. Are Good. you dry? Are you dry drowning? Jeez. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> oh God, where's Todd? Tell him to give you some CPR. This is ridiculous. I know. Please. Oh. So secondary drowning is like if you're swimming and you swallow a little bit of water and you start coughing and stuff, you, I mean, we've all done that, I'm sure. Oh, so if if you cough too much, it like causes your your lungs to swell? Basically, like when fluid gets into your lungs, it uh, can, it starts like, irritating them right you you start developing pneumonia and stuff like that well this can happen anywhere from like a few hours to a few days after so that's if you succumb to that then that would be a secondary drowning i almost secondary drown whenever i'm talking (laughs) he had secondary did he die from the secondary drowning well okay so um i don't know i they haven't hired me on it at the fucking medical examiner's office well they should we're taking applications um so both dry drowning and secondary drowning can cause pulmonary edema which is a swelling of the chest okay um dry drowning is where you start to drown, you breathe in the water, but the water never makes it to your lungs. Um, breathing in the water actually causes your vocal cords to like spasm and they start closing and protect, protect water from entering in your lungs. But this does make it hard to breathe because your body is having like a survival reaction and trying to keep shit out. So it's not worried about letting you like t- take in air. Oh man. Um, so those are two ways that you can get the the swelling in the in the chest. Um man, despite, I didn't I didn't know that. That's great. That's really interesting. 
despite the the medical examiner's report, um, Mitchell and the rest of the Gutierrez family said that they don't believe that the death was accidental. I don't believe uh, that either. I'm with them. Like, how could he have bruising on the back? Let's just say he did. First of all, if he did fall into the water, like to hit his head. The thing is, is that like Ladybird Lake is pretty deep. I mean, it's not like super deep, but it's yeah. pretty deep. And if it, he would have to sink pretty far and at a fast rate to hit his head. To hit a rock. Yeah. Like, at the Right. I mean, obviously that's not impossible, but like it seems pretty improbable when, when, when we, this is what we know for sure. We know that he was walking around the lake at two o'clock in the morning, approximately by himself. There's a lot of weird things that are happening around Riverside. We all know that if you lived in Austin, you know, Riverside is not the the best place to be around. So like, yeah, we do know that he was there alone. We do know that it's possible. It's probably more possible that he got attacked and then was dumped into the water because at a later date, because where the fuck was he? Where was he for seven days? Um, so Mitchell explained that a doctor with the medical examiner's office had told him that because his body had been underwater for so long that, uh, and, and his body was breaking down that it was possible that if other substances were in his system, they had already been processed and and released. Mm. So that's according to the, to the. The medical examiner. Um, so that's why the toxicology took, report didn't show well, anything. Plus, the toxicology report, like they're not testing for all fucking drugs; they're just testing for whatever they want to. Right. Unless exactly. you state specifically you want tested for certain things. Right. Um, but because it took so many days for Martin to be found, Mitchell said that he he felt like it's it still was a possibility that he was just in the water for so long that it skewed the autopsy report. Your skin's falling off, man. Like your skin's falling off, like you're all bloated and chunky and you're discolored. So it's hard to tell like what's a contusion and what's just fucking, I mean, look at, uh, look at Patrick McNeil. Like he's very clearly been burned. Right. And they're, and they're like, Oh yeah, just, water water yeah. decomposed you like that you know. I understand so they said that they saw the bruises and stuff and like the brain swelling and the chest cavities like swelling in the chest cavity I can understand them seeing that and everything but um and determining they, that it's a a drowning that it's a drowning or whatever but the like the blunt force trauma so they don't typically like bring out family members onto the scene but in the case of martin they wanted to see if it was him so um i did find they brought his mom out to identify him but she couldn't even she didn't even know like if that was her son or not so really because yeah. of because of decomposition or yeah i mean i guess i didn't know that his mother couldn't didn't recognize him i that's not, I never heard anything like that. So that's, that's, that's news to me because I thought he was in pretty good condition, but I, I think on like KXAN. So mm, right. Um, it's a very, it's a very sad Martin Gutierrez is, you know, his whole family has really like backed, backed him up and like, and really fought for the truth to come out with him because yeah. Originally, they didn't talk about the the contusions on the back of his head and the the bruising and stuff like that. That was that that they didn't start talking about that until after Mitchell came out and and was talking about his brother's death, basically. Yeah. So about kinda, what all they had to go through to get the fucking evidence and yeah, 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 and the fact that nobody was fucking helping them search because it was a fucking holiday. Yeah, it was it was pretty. I mean, if I was, if I was them, I would be very upset. So, yeah. um, 
and rightfully so. You know what I mean? So the fact that Mitchell Gutierrez and his wife, because his wife was was really, you know, did a, did a lot of this too. She did a lot of interviews as well. But they, yeah. they really advocated for him. And, and they're advocating for for the other families whose whose sons have all, you know, been found in the same same way. So, yeah, man. And they, you know, thank God for them because like they really hopefully hopefully with our like hopefully our podcast will will also like make ripples. Um, we just need more people to like kind of get on board with it. But, you know, if you if, get it over that we cuss so much. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but hopefully we can, you know, we can, we can really make the city of Austin be like, damn, maybe we should, I don't know, do something. Yeah. Maybe you should Austin. Yeah. Well, that being said, do you want to, you want me to do mine? Yeah. I hear about, um, let me hear about your guy, your surprise man. Who so, is your surprise man? So his name is Tommy Booth, and he um, was a 24-year-old from Delaware. Um, Delaware. Yeah. On January 19th, 2008, a 24-year-old Delaware native, Tommy Booth, went with a group of his friends to a bar uh, called Bootleggers in Woodland, Pennsylvania. Uh, to celebrate one of their 21st birthdays. So the thing about the Northeast and New England is that everything is so close. So they can go to another fucking whole state <laughs> and be like there in like 20, 30 minutes. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's not like Texas where we have to like travel for like, hours. Yeah. It's not like the Oregon Trail whenever you have to just go to Houston, you know. <laughs> um <laughs> At some point in the night, the majority of his group... Oh, so by the way, so this was a big group of people. This was like six guys, three girls, and Tommy. So there okay. was like there was like two plenty or three... What? Plenty of people there. <laughs> yeah, plenty of, plenty of people there. But it was like three carfuls, basically. Um, but at some point in the night, the majority of his group were kicked out of the bar for smoking weed. And they made their way back to, De- to Delaware. So Tommy and one of his friends uh, stayed behind. And at the bar's closing, Tommy's friend couldn't find couldn't find Booth. Okay. Um, That's uh, scary. It is scary. So the way that the bar is, is that there is a small creek. Or actually, it's not that small. It, it's it's pretty long. It runs, it runs for like, I think like 30 miles. But um there's a creek behind the bar and it's called uh the Ridley Creek. Um it's not a it's not a deep creek, but it but it is it's a long creek. Um how deep how deep of a creek is it, do you know? So where 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 Tommy's body was found, um, which was about um a hundred about a hundred yards away from the from the back of the bar, it was about a foot deep. It wasn't deep at all. Okay. I actually saw, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I actually saw the pictures and I can't find, I can't find any of the pictures online. And I tried to take a screenshot, but it like was just black. So I guess it has like some kind of like screenshot protection thing on, on the the video that I watched. But um, you can see with, you can see the Creek very clearly. And it's like, like his body was, was laying like face down, but like it was, it was like two or three inches in the water. That's it. Everything else was like the back, his back was a completely above water. So it was very, very, yeah, it was very, very shallow. Um, so 14 days later, the body of 24 year old Tommy Booth would be found face down in the shallow Creek, 30 feet from the back of the door of the bootlegger bar in Woodland, Pennsylvania. Um, Prior to his body being found, the Woodland Police Department dispatched a search for Tommy, and on the 13th day of his disappearance, a Booth family friend, Bill Durr, walked the the creek starting at the bridge just north of the bar and, and headed southbound to the baseball fields a half mile from the bootleggers tavern. So when Bill was like walking the banks, he wasn't walking on the banks, he was walking like you know, like on the, he was still in the grass basically because 
the way that this creek was is that it was it had a very sandy banks um but when he was walking along along the the creek side uh tommy was nowhere to be found like and 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 when i saw his his picture like you could clearly see him you know what i mean right um however the next day his body would be found a hundred yards downstream from the back door of the bootlegger bar. So he was just not there. Right. One day. And then the next day he was there popped up. Yeah. Yeah. He literally was not there when his, when this guy builder fucking walked the, the, like for a half mile up and down the stream, up and down the, yeah. the creek. And the creek was like super shallow, so he would have been noticeably. Oh yeah! By the time they had like taken pictures of the scene, he was it was so shallow. Like I wish I could I wish I could have taken a screenshot of the picture, but like it was so freaking it was so shallow. Easily, you could have easily seen. I mean, he was a big guy. He wasn't he wasn't like a tiny man. Like you could definitely see him, and he was fully clothed. Yeah. Um, the original autopsy stated Tommy Booth's body was in full rigor mortis, a state of stiffening of the body that usually kicks in between four to eight hours after the person passes away. Now, this is from the original medical examiner's report. So that would, so, that would, what? So with rigor mortis, like, I mean, I haven't looked into it, so I'm just going to ask you because maybe, you know. Yeah. Does rigor mortis, like, it eventually loosens up, right? Yeah, no? so it lasts usually 10 to 24 hours, 48 okay. hours max. So if you, so the fact that they found his body still in, in rigor mortis means that he was literally only there. Between, for a few hours. Yeah, for four to eight hours. Like, he, or he was only, he was only dead for four to, to eight hours. Um. And if let's say he was let's say he was in the creek for for seven days because you know he was missing for fourteen days, right. so let's say he was in the creek for that long, there's no way he would still be in rigor mortis because it yeah. only lasts at the very very max forty eight hours. That's only two right. days. Um, Damn. Yeah, and we know that he wasn't in the in the in the creek when Bill was walking it. So where was he? You know, right. Um. The original medical examiner also noted a suspicious drag mark in the soil just above Tommy's head. And you can actually see it in the picture as well. There was a huge drag mark, a big indention as if somebody, you know, had 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 laid him down and then pulled him. His feet were also pointed downwards like he was on his tippy toes, which would also. Yeah, which would also indicate that somebody had grabbed him by his ankles and pulled him, you pulled know, him along. yeah, upstream. So the way that the mark was going was upstream. The drag mark was upstream, not downstream. So somebody drug him along the, the bottom of the, yeah. The autopsy report also noted there was dirt and clay in Tommy's nostrils and throat and the body Gosh. did sh- yeah, and the body did show fixed lividity on the posterior side of Booth's body, suggesting he died on his back. So we've talked about fixed lividity before, and we yeah. and we do know um, set lividity occurs when a person has been on in one position post mortem um, for about eight to twelve hours after death. So with it being fixed on his back, he was found face down, right? Right, right. He's found face down in rigor mortis with fixed lividity on the posterior side of his body. So that would be on his back. So we also know that in order to have fixed lividity, you have to be on a surface, a hard surface, in order for that to, for the blood to pull. So he so obviously- it, can't pull, it can't pull in water. Or, right. I thought it could. Um, nope. It can if if they're like on the bottom of of the like if they're like if the if the body sinks and they're at the bottom of the of the of the lake or the river whatever like theoretically it could happen but 
but it seems like there's so much movement that I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm only, I've only been a medical examiner for six weeks now, you know, so (laughs) I don't know exactly. (laughs) But from, from his evidence though, it, it, from the evidence of his, like the, the state of his body, the, the rigor mortis and, and the, the fixed lividity, like it's pretty clear and the drag marks and the position of his feet. Yeah. It's obvious it wasn't a a drowning. Right. Um, Despite the medical examiner's finding, the Woodland Police Department closed his case as an undetermined drowning and chalked Tommy's body not being found for 14 days up to an ice storm they had during Booth's disappearance. Uh, So they theorized the creek froze over and the reason Bill Durr did not find Booth's remains was because he was underneath the ice, which is... which doesn't make any sense because there wasn't enough water for to, for him to be frozen over. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, in 2019, Kevin Gannon and his team went to Woodland, Pennsylvania, to see if they could find any more any new evidence to convince the police chief to reopen the case. They had they had brought this evidence to the police chief, and the police chief argued that the drag mark was actually due to to like the water rising and and the current pushing him back and then forth which doesn't make any sense um so that wasn't like a very compelling argument i don't think right no i don't think so Um, when inspecting the bootlegger bar which is now in an abandoned building they noticed in the back of the bar was two doors one led outside to to you know the backyard where the creek was Mm -hmm. um and the other led to a basement Neither of these doors were visible by the cameras the bar had installed in two, in 2008 when Tommy went missing. Um, really? Yeah, you couldn't see it, either of the of the doors or um, anything around it. Yeah. They you know Martin and Tommy are so similar. Yeah, so especially especially because of like how they both were found just a day later after yeah. searching how the like cameras weren't working. Yeah. Um, so on the back wall of the bar was a spray painted smiley face with a crown and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was painted over, but when, when he first went missing, they did snap and originally in t- 2008, they did snap a picture of it. But, mm-hmm. but when Gannon, um, went back in 2019 they had painted over it but you could still see underneath the the fresh or underneath the paint you could still see faintly the um the black uh outlines of of the smiley face um and although it was painted over there was a fresh smaller smiley face on the pier and beam above the wall where the original smiley face was oh my god yeah, so oh even get me out of here. I know. <laughs> so <laughs> so even though there was like the original one was covered over up, you could still faintly see it and you and there was also a new one. Okay. Now, the new one was different. The new one had X's on the eyes, which we have seen in Austin. Yes. Yeah. There's been a lot of of um smiley faces with X's over their eyes. Well, and aren't X's like if you're drawing if you're drawing like a little guy, yeah, then X's over the eyes means that little guy's dead, yeah, it is it's a big it's a big uh indication that it's you know unalived at the time of Tommy Booth's discovery, the water in Ridley Creek was about a foot deep. If his body had been frozen under ice for 14 days, his remain would be soft and mushy, which is a common occurrence when tissue that was previously frozen is thawed. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, me either. Uh, So where was Tommy Booth for the other 13 days? Is what I want to know. That's what I want to know. So I think... What what I think is interesting about his case specifically is that there was a basement down and at the at the end of the bar. Right. So some so somebody could have easily fucking got him, knocked him out, 
and and like stored him in the basement and nobody would have even you know questioned it yeah and that and that does make sense i mean it's easy access right because then you just throw right. him you just throw put him in, in the, the creek outside out yeah, back out back but you would think that somebody would see that so it kind you kind of have to question if if that was the case if they did abduct him and and keep him in the basement for that long you have to question whether or not the bar was involved because it's not like yeah because that seems very Bridget Dunlap you know yeah I mean and they and he could have not been kept in the bar at all he could have been kept somewhere else but it just seemed really convenient I know there's a lot of theories circulating about like bar people and then the bartenders and all that, which I mean, it does make sense, even if somebody is in the the smiley face killer gang, for them yeah. to be. I mean, they got to be working, so why not work at a bar? You know, right. especially if it's if it's an easy to target people there. There wasn't a there wasn't as much on Tommy as there was as there has been on other people, but right. The fact that he that there was like pictures was pretty interesting. So yeah, that's that's basically it. The similarities are are very intense with Martin and Tommy. Yeah, I think so. Just the way that they both were found uh, a day later after having crazy searches, and and that just definitely makes it make sense to me that it could, you know, it's very it, this could be being done by an organized group. Because everybody's got similarities. Like every case that we've done, both cases have similarities. It's like, it doesn't make any sense that these are all just coincidental drownings. But I do know who I'm going to be doing next week this time. Oh my goodness. Look at you. I know. I'm growing up. Um, Getting organized, my sweet girl. I know. So (laughs) this this will never happen again. Uh, I'm... (laughs) I'm terribly disorganized, but my for next week I'll be doing William Hurley, the case of William Hurley. Who are you doing next week? Uh, next week is going to be Randy Lexvold for me. Okay, yeah, that's a that's a really interesting one too. Yes, yes. Um, so. I'm going to go ahead and do the missing person for this week. This is kind of also a priority case. Um, this is Amelia Anita Salinas Hernandez. She's 16 years old. She's white. Uh, her eyes are brown. Her hair is half black and half blue. She's four foot ten and weighs about 90 to 95 pounds. Um, she was last seen wearing a Wendy's uniform on June 10th um, at four o'clock p- p.m. She was seen um, getting into the back of a gray SUV outside of Wendy's off of Staples street and Corpus Christi. She could be anywhere at this point. Um, so if you do see her or if she looks familiar, please contact the Corpus Christi police department at three, six, one, eight, eight, six, 2600. Or you can contact Nancy Salinas at four Oh nine, five, one, nine, uh, 1256 or you can also contact Amy Salinas at 361-444-7450 um, she is underage and she, they don't know whose car she got into so please contact if you know any information or if you think you may have saw her I mean look you know she is pretty distinctive because she is so tiny but also because she's got blue and black hair yeah yeah Okay, so we'll see y'all next week. Wait, our, what? Wait. Oh. About all of our, our oh, plugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you do want to follow, if you do like this podcast, we would appreciate uh, you following us on Instagram at Nosy Nancy's. Or you can, you can join our Facebook group, which we would love to have you. It's Nosy Nancy's podcast. Just send us the request and we'll accept you immediately. Yep. No big deal. Um, also, we have a TikTok now, which is also Nosy Nancy's podcast. And I I looked, I made sure this time. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> um, even though I'm running the freaking 
TikTok. Oh, I don't even. TikTok. I know. I don't even know the it's fucking name of it. I'm getting pretty good hits. Yeah, yeah, we're getting a lot of views on those. So hopefully, so if you if you are following us on TikTok, if you don't mind sharing, getting the word out, that'd be that'd be pretty dope. That's all I'm saying. We also have a Twitter, which nobody uses. Don't. And we are still looking for uh, listener stories for this season. Next season, we're going to probably be doing something different. But you can email us at nosynancies at gmail.com. That's N-O-S-E-Y-N-A-N-C-I-E-S at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your stories. Uh, please. Anything, really. I mean, yeah. did you drop something today? <laughs> 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 Did, Did someone you... honk at you because you were on your phone at the stop light yeah. <laughs> and you got all flustered because that happens to me? Did you walk into a restaurant and feel awkward? Please send, yeah. us, send that in to us. Yeah, send that you in. Know. We'll read it. Did you have a bad vibe? Was the vibe not not right, bro? Like, let yeah. us know. We want to know. We'll we'll get it we'll get it out there and it'll it'll clear the energy for you. Yeah, and if you are doing something crazy and illegal, we will keep you anonymous. So don't worry yeah. about that. We're not snitches. Okay. Yeah. Snitches get snitches. So snitches get snitches. That's it. right. That's right. That's it. That's so it. Uh, stay tuned for next week. Randy Lexbold and William what? Hurley. Yeah. Were you surprised I remembered? Yeah, I was like, wow, you're so good. Look at me. Look at you. <laughs> A regular savant. I know. I'm so good. All right. Stay tuned. Ciao. Say la vie, man.